0: Hi everyone, it's Savannah. I'm editing the episode and I realized I did forget to put one nugget of information and that is the topic of today's episode, the IFS model or IFS therapy. Um, I will be creating an infographic for this to put on my um, Instagram page. So just stay tuned for that. That way you have the visual that kind of goes along with this episode. And once it's also ready, I'll try my best to link it to this episode in the description. Okay, enjoy the episode. Toodles. Hello, hello. Welcome to Yay for Growth. I'm your host, Savannah Zipak, and this is a personal development podcast where we have all kinds of conversations about every area of health, well-being, and occasionally something different to spice things up. With two, almost three college degrees, five years of combined experience in healthcare and research, and a passion for improving population health, I am here to make sure nothing goes unspoken. So take a deep breath, check in with yourself, and let's get started. hey everyone i hope you had a good spooky season um definitely happy to be back after so much needed time and just like busyness you know started my new job went to go visit my best friend uh just you know live life i also got a cold which is like not surprising i feel like every time i get on here i'm like yeah i had a cold um never yeah my health is perfect right that would be awesome (laughs) um I also finished my MPH program so I'm officially a master of public health I mean you could say technically I'm not until my degree comes in the mail in January but me knowing that I worked this hard passed all my classes done everything I need to I'm a freaking master of public health, okay? Um, Not to let that get to my head, but it's definitely an accomplishment that hasn't really hit me yet. And I'm not sure it will until I get my degree. But for now, I'm chilling. Uh, Just living my life not having to do schoolwork every night. It's pretty dang cool. Playing a lot more video games again. I keep telling myself, I'm like, man, the time that I spend at home, like, at night watching TV, playing video games, journaling, I'm like, I just need to work out. I would say exercise is the one thing that has been super hard for me to get back into since COVID. And I think I've talked about it a couple times on here, but man, it's so hard. It is so hard. Like... My body, ever since COVID, is just not the way it used to be. Um, Like, I just feel fatigued easier. And in general, I'm in great health, you know. Um, But I just, I don't know, it's just the fatigue, right? And it's like, maybe I'm just that out of shape. I think, honestly, that's what it is. Like, And I also have asthma, so it's kind of... A triple whammy where it's like... I just really am out of shape. So... It's just more exhausting. Which is normal. Until I build strength back up. Um... And... I just need to build my lung capacity back up. But yeah, I mean... I don't know how if any of you have done it... Where you've just like gone long times without... Exercising... Um... I would say regularly like I definitely have one or two days a week where like I'll do something whether it's like walk at the park do a Pilates video after work or just walk to the beach or at work you know I'll try to walk as much as I can since I work in a city Um, you know I'll just try to always like park a little farther away or something like that. Just whatever I can do to get more activity in my day is awesome. But it's hard sometimes because most of what I do is on a computer. And I think a lot of us kind of feel that way. And this is not what the episode is about, but that is where I'm at for sure. Kind of just in a period of like, all right, so a bunch of like chapters have closed, now there's other chapters opening. And I finally have time to just focus on, like, my self-care. And so I'm just, like, kind of just trying to reevaluate, you know, everything. And I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm just going to sign up for, like, I was debating whether I wanted a gym membership or if I want to join, like, a Pilates studio. Because I'm like, I like Pilates, but I don't know if I like it that much over a gym. And part of my job is, like, I do get free access to any of the the gyms at the institution I work at. So, I don't know. Some crazy thing happened the other day. So, normally when I... This is completely unrelated. When I order from Amazon, I, like, almost always send it to, like, one of the local pickup things because... I got noisy people that live with me, so <laughs> it just makes me feel better knowing I, I can go pick it up and stuff on my own accord. Um, and we're just, like, chilling uh, two nights ago. I think it was Sunday night. Or no, no, no. That would be Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night. And this dude, like... Well, first of all, my boyfriend's dad came into our room and was like, hey, there's someone downstairs for you. And he, like, has a package. And I'm just like, what? Like, I don't have a big package I'm expecting, so I wouldn't need to sign, things like that. But I was like, oh, God, don't tell me it's the locker package. So (laughs) then I go down and it's just this guy. And he's like, yeah, when I went to go pick up my package, and mind you, like, he was, like, bilingual. He spoke half English, half Spanish. So thank God my boyfriend was there. And, like, you know, I understand Spanish, but I, like, can't speak it back. Um, So, yeah, it was crazy. Like, he was just like, yeah, I went to go get my stuff out of my locker. And then, like, yours popped open. So I thought it was my package. And turns out it wasn't. He's like, I saw your name. But then he was like, I looked you up. And, you know, I saw your address. And I figured, you know, let me try and go see if this is where she lives. Because when you... Get Amazon packages delivered to a locker, they don't put your return address on it. Amazon just picks it back up. And then I think you either get refunded or they ship it back out. I don't know. So, long story short, we're talking to this guy and then he's just explaining how he found me and how all this stuff is online. And it's crazy that now, like nowadays, you can just like search for people online and all of their information is there. And I I could see some people thinking it's, like, creepy that he even brought that up. But knowing who he is, he's, like, an old man. Like, he was just very old. So, I mean, for him, it was probably kind of nice where he's just, like, let me deliver this to this person so they get it. Like, I thought it was nice. Um, But still, definitely creeped me out a little bit where I'm, like, dang – I it, it, I think that's the first time it ever hit me that, like, I have information about myself online. But I didn't voluntarily put my address online. That's, like, you know, some websites really just share everybody's information. So that's kind of insane. Um, So that's kind of what's things that have been happening, going on. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think... As far as today's episode, we should um we should get into it. So what I want to talk about today is something called the IFS model or IFS therapy. And it was developed by uh, Dick Schwartz, who has a book called No Bad Parts, which pretty much explains the entire theory, model, therapy, what have you. Um, Now, I do want y'all to keep in mind, we all know I'm not a certified mental health clinician, practitioner, nothing like that, but I did find this to be helpful as I'm learning about it. IFS stands for Internal Family Systems, and it's something that my therapist, um, my most recent therapist from the past, one to two years kind of mentioned to me multiple times but we never really got into and to be honest I never really entertained the idea of it um I think I just didn't take it as seriously because I was kind of unfamiliar with it and honestly more focused on other approaches and issues and models at that time but since I have left therapy with my therapist um you know, it was something that I kind of was thinking about and just looking into on my own free time. Um, And I'm finding it very helpful. And I think that for a lot of us, in general, whether you have mental illness, um, general life stressors, uh, childhood trauma, um, any type of trauma, honestly, IFS is really relevant to a huge broad spectrum i think of like emotional health and well-being and intelligence and i think that in learning about internal family systems you can become so much more emotionally intelligent and really improve your self-awareness and your relationships and things like that um i've definitely seen it with myself as I've been learning about it and applying it in just one month, honestly. But it's something that, you know, I do want to keep moving at going forward. And I'm currently reading the book, No Bad Parts, to better understand it. But I just wanted to kind of give a nice little overview for any of you who have never heard it before, um, or who maybe like me, like heard it In passing, maybe you heard your therapist bring it up, but maybe the way it was explained to you, you kind of took it differently than like what it really is. And I think that's what was happening with me. Um, So this is just a kind of a chance for you to learn, revisit it, listen, hang out for a bit, and definitely, you know, let me know what you think about it. So let's get into it. Okay, so what is internal family systems all about? I wouldn't say that it has nothing to do with family. It definitely um, takes roots from how we grew up and how we developed certain parts of ourselves. But I was like ourselves ourselves. But in general, what it's getting at is that it less like the how we developed them and more the fact that we have them, right? So in our mind, we have different parts of ourselves. According to IFS, you have the parts of yourself that want to protect you, the parts of yourself that want to keep you from being embarrassed, hurt, triggered. and those are called two things: your managers and your firefighters. And then you have what are called exiles. Exiles are essentially your triggers, your wounds, your pain, um, your resentment, your all of these things that your protectors get nervous about. And then at the core, you have yourself, what some people refer to as your higher self. But we can also just say our self, right? Capital S self. And all of these parts, you know, if we're unaware of them, they can really make things messy. The waters will be murky, you'll be confused. And it could explain why when certain things trigger you, or life gets overwhelming, maybe you are very like, flip floppy, but don't understand why you're flip floppy. And when I say flip floppy, I mean, you know, you could go from this mode of really kind of trying to tackle everything that's in front of you, to then this other mode of trying to just sit in that feeling, that overwhelm, and these kind of conflict. So that's kind of the basis of IFS is just the fact that we have these different parts of ourselves that sometimes conflict. And if we're, if we're unaware, it can get very messy. But then if we understand them, and we become aware of what these parts of our mind are trying to do, it can breed ground for healing and just create very, very fertile land for you to grow off of, I think. Now, what the tricky part is, is kind of understanding... You know how it relates to you and your personal life. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna give like a general example. Um, so say you have all right, so your manager you have your protectors, it's your managers and your firefighters. Now, the managers are going to be that part of your brain that are critical, um, calculating, sometimes judgmental. And the main goal is just to keep you from feeling any type of shame or not belonging or it's essentially self-sufficiency, right? It's, it's saying, look, I am self-sufficient. I have it all together. Nothing can stop me. I am protecting you. Self, (laughs) And then you have your firefighters that are kind of like the first responders. When any of your triggers and your bigger emotions or traumas or pains come up, your firefighters are there to extinguish them. And these sometimes can be in ways of numbing, like alcohol, substances, eating, um, and things like that right? So your firefighters are tr- are very, very scared of your exiles, those pains, those traumas, those, um, you know, rejections and things like that. When those feelings and those memories and moments come up for you, the firefighters are just like, whoa, 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 we need to put this out. We need to numb this because if we don't do that, it's going to get way too far. And so ideally... According to this model, your protectors are just wary and trying to keep it all together, so to speak. But your exiles, those are your pains and your traumas and your resentments and rejections and all of these things. And they just want to be seen, but at the same time, they're afraid to be seen. So it's like the vulnerability that is there, but hard to express outward um so as you can see it's it's you can kind of start to imagine ways in which these might conflict and put you or someone else in a cycle if you're unaware of what's going on in a cycle of self-numbing maybe overworking um maybe just being very critical of yourself and making work your entire life or something the the main example that i'll I'll put here is like let's say you have somebody who is a workaholic, they put all of their time into work. If there's one mistake they're on it right away. they are perfectionist with their work because They really, really value, you know, praise in their position. Um, They don't want to make any mistakes. So that right there is the manager part of them. Just trying to keep it all together. Trying to be a perfectionist. But then they find themselves going home and binge eating, right? They go home and they binge eat. And they wake up, they go to work, they start the next day same thing all over again. Now, you could say that in order to cope with the overachiever part of them, there's another part of them that's like, oh man, we have to numb because if if I face rejection, or if I make a mistake in my work, or I don't you know, have the best project of the office or something like that, then, you know, I'm going to be hurt. I'm going to be hurt because in the past, let's say my parents were very critical of any mistake I made. They were very critical or they thought one mistake would lead to me dropping out of school or one mistake would lead to me getting kicked out of my program. Just very extreme things. Those are the exiles, the traumas, the pains, the experiences that lead to the self wanting to even be protected. Um, And we're numbing the self from even being able to acknowledge or experience those things by the binge eating. So I think hopefully with this example, you can kind of see how conflicting and confusing it could be. Now, what can we do? Well, that's, you know, we're, That's where our self-exploration, self-awareness, emotional intelligence, therapy, all of that work that you do, be it journaling, checking in with with yourself when something triggers you really, really bad, um, all of that stuff can be very helpful to you going forward in making sure that these parts work together. Now, the goal here with the IFS model is to to get the self to be the center, right? To ground all of these parts and help them work together instead of having one dominate more than the other or having them conflict in a way that causes disruption to the entire system. So the self... Right? There's like eight C's, and I don't know if I remember it all. I don't have it in front of me, but there's eight C's of like your higher self or your, your core self, which would be your self has compassion, your self is creative, it's curious, it's, um, I guess isn't a C, but it's, it's kind, it's accepting, and it's judgment free. And the thing is, when you're centered in yourself, your higher self, Essentially, you should be able to ground yourself and make decisions that are more in align with what yourself wants, not your managers, not your firefighters, not your exiles. You're making decisions in doing things in a way that will serve your overall well-being and self, if that makes sense. So, I mean, that's generally the main concept of all of it. I don't really have much more for you than that. I kind of wanted to tell a personal story. So I'm done with the informative part of it. But I do want to get into like a personal story with how IFS has helped me through things going on in in my life as of lately. So, um, basically, there is somebody in my life who... I now realize, but didn't at the time, that they remind me a lot of somebody I grew up with. Um, And their behaviors and the way that I feel I have to be around them is very, very triggering for me. And those, when I, when they do something that triggers me, like we we were out or whatever, they did something that triggered me. And I, my initial reaction was very much full of irration, anger, um, and just not like myself. Like, I'm not normally somebody that, like, is confrontational. Um, But in that moment, I was. And I was directing it at the wrong person, right? I wasn't just confronting this person or myself as to why this is bothering me so much. So a great way to use this example with IFS is to say, at my core self, you know, I would have been able to ground myself and make a decision of how do I want to move on in my relationship with this person? And what does all of this mean to me? How can I understand it? And After going through everything, I realized, okay, in that moment when I was being confrontational and letting it get to me, being a little bit irrational in terms of my expectations, like, I wanted everybody around me to mold to my triggers, so that I didn't have to feel them and I was protected. So that was the firefighter in me. It wanted to extinguish the situation and be like, you, you shouldn't talk to this person. And you shouldn't be like around this person and blah, blah, blah. But in reality, we can't control what other people do. And even if you do, it doesn't mean that you're never going to be triggered by a situation or that same one or person ever again. And it's just irrational to expect people to be in line with, you know, to, to mold to make you feel better, right? It's not other people's job. And so eventually I was able to come to that realization. But looking back, I was like, oh, wow. In that moment, I was confrontational and irrational because I was really trying to extinguish this so that I wasn't triggered in that moment. If everyone around me didn't talk to this person, Or if everyone around me, you know, so just for background, this person has bullied me, basically, to my face, behind my back, to other people. And it's one of those people that I can't remove from my inner circle. I just can't. I don't have that option. But what did I want to do? I wanted to remove other people's relationship with them so that my exile, my wound, which was number one, this person reminds me of someone else someone else who was just very uh emotionally unintelligent um explosive things like that um and someone like this person to me it just felt like i wanted everyone else to protect me cuz one of my wounds is like disloyalty right people not being loyal to me and i'm like show me you're loyal By not talking to this person or joking around with them. Like, literally, please pretend like they don't exist. And at the end of the day, the funny thing is, that's what that person was doing to me. That made me feel horrible. So I totally get where they're coming from because for some reason, my existence triggered something in them. That they then felt like they had to ignore me and control the people around them so that they ignored me. And then look at me being in that same spot where it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as active. But in that specific moment, who, man, I guess you could say it was similar. And then there's the manager, the part of me that's like, I don't want to feel embarrassed. I don't want to feel rejected. I want to keep all of this together. I don't want to seem like I'm crazy. And so I'm sitting there like holding everything in for so long. And then my extinguisher just like was conflicting with the manager and just being like, no, we need to like extinguish this now so we can get back to managing the situation. And it was just a mess. So when I took the time to journal and kind of go over all of it, I was like, dang, Using the IFS model really helped me because I was able to identify why that person and those moments were so triggering and how I wanted to handle them going forward. And it's like, I have this insight that I didn't have before. For two years, I've been trying to figure out why this person bothers me so much. For two years, and literally in one night of applying the model and just looking at the situation, it clicked. It clicked for me. And maybe it won't click for you the same way um, those of you listening but maybe there is a moment in your life where you can have this in the back of your head and going forward just kind of try to adjust accordingly and you don't even need to use IFS in a way to like alter your behaviors going forward I think just having it as a self-awareness and reflection tool is very very useful so, with all of that being said, I really hope you liked today's episode and appreciated my example um, from my personal life to relate to it. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me at Sustained with Sav or at Yay for Growth Pod on Instagram. Um, as always, please subscribe, um, give a five star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and have a great rest of your day or night, whatever it is, wherever you are. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Bye-bye.